Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that rings science's bell to see if it salivates. I think that's quite good. So that suggestion uh, was from Dan Foreacres on Twitter. What do you reckon? I think it's all right. I don't think I want it as the tagline, no, but it's no. quite funny. It, it is quite funny. And a bit yeah. science Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. It's a, it's a nice inside kind of gag, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember if I've, if I've said this one, but what about the show that vaccinates you against nonsense? It's politically contentious, which I like. <laughs> <laughs> Show that vaccinates you against nonsense. Yeah, it's quite good. Is it? I think so. Again, I don't think I want it to be the tagline, but it's quite no, good. All right, okay. I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. Um, each week, we invite a new expert to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. Um, and to be fair, it's only some weeks we do that. I'm Rick Edwards. I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Uh, so this week, uh, what are we doing? I knew you were going to ask that. Okay. Uh, because of Mystic Meg? Astrology? Yeah, because yeah, you've... Just like you basically, Mystic Meg died. Suddenly, you want to lay in on her and astrology, and you said, Let's do an episode on astrology. And the lady's dead. She can't defend herself. She wouldn't have been able to defend herself if she was alive. <laughs> <laughs> to be brutally honest. <laughs> Not a fan of astrology then? So, well, look, um, no. I, I, I sort of think. I mean, I know we've spoken about this, uh, you know, in, in our personal lives about this. Um, I, I have absolutely zero problem with it as long as it doesn't affect me. So I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> Anyone else is welcome to do whatever they like. I don't care. So what happens if somebody comes up but to you and then, says, oh, Rick, what's your star sign? Well, I'm just like, well, who cares? It doesn't matter what it is. So you won't just say, oh, I'm a Taurus. And... Well, it, it depends. I mean, sometimes... But the, what you don't want is to say, I'm a Taurus, and them to be like, oh, yeah. But, and you're like, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have to... It's, it's, a, it's a tricky sort of line to tread, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to be offensive just... No, 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 exactly. And, and I, I genuinely, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind what people believe. Like, it's, it's fine. I mean, obviously, it's a, a load of bollocks, but like... People believe loads of stuff. There's a load of bollocks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Why single out the astrologers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, my issue is only when it okay, very occasionally can impinge on my life, uh, by which I mean 
um, you know, don't need to go into any details or name any names here, but when people close to me, uh, you know, uh, say, uh, you know, oh yeah, well, the, the tarot uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, said something about that and I feel like certain life choices that do influence me are being made in accordance with that. Then I'm less keen. Uh, okay. Yeah. You're not naming names, but I'm, I'm sort of getting a sense. I won't, I won't oh, name as Mystic names. Meg would say. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm getting an E. I'm getting, I'm getting an M. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in fact, that's only happened. That's only happened. I think once, and it was years ago. And I think I made my. Um, I think I made my feelings very clear. <laughs> but equally, like. Like I say, like like go and see the tarot reader, by all means. Go and get your your fortune told. Go and see your, you know, like a mystic or whatever it is. For me, when I when I hear about my friends who do things like that, I'm just I feel this sort of this like this something in me dies. Just this tiny little bit of respect for that person is just gone and never coming back. It sort of depends on the attitude to it, doesn't it? Because if you see it as just a bit of fun. Yeah, but then, they don't, that's the thing. Well, no, <laughs> no. No, they don't see it as just a bit of fun. fun. Yeah. They, they see it as like, oh... So, so, that, something that that is useful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that might give you a little something to go on, give you a little yeah. steer. They're making life decisions based on it. I mean, it's not my life, mm. so it shouldn't affect... You know, I shouldn't be affected by mm. it, but I still sort of feel like a little bit of my respect for them dies. Yeah. When you watch things like... Um, Hollywood medium or, or maybe you don't but those kind of shows are quite popular and quite big S- surprisingly I yeah, really yeah, don't know <laughs> uh, and you've got these you know th- these these people doing their stuff and it is genuinely you're like how the fuck are they doing that yeah but you know that it's not what it is purporting to be but I do wonder whether the people doing it the, the sort of the perpetrator if you like if they no, that's that the interesting are. thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's sort know? of what fascinates me. Like, I look at Derek Akora and I'm like, this cunt fucking knows this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, this, this is a basic yeah, yeah. con man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have been well, it's entertainment. I mean, it's not yeah. even necessarily con man, is it? No, but, but yeah. It's, but, it's sort yeah. of, he is an entertainer. Mm-hmm. This is what he does. And, you know, people enjoy it. So, it, it, I mean, from his perspective, it's like... Victimless crime. Some of it doesn't feel very victimless to me, though. I, you know, it feels like you're really preying on people's kind of innermost insecurities and vulnerabilities and and weaknesses, and that's a bit, I don't know, slightly unsavoury, isn't it? I mean, it's grifting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it's it's completely grifting. But I think a lot of pe- for a lot of people, astrology is just you know they believe in it. The people who do it believe in it. Everyone's sort of everyone knows the deal, and it's sort of like you know th- this is what we do. But there, you is, and I are completely on the outside. Yeah, no, it's true. But then it, it, it's sort of baffling to me though when you have like literally someone can say, "Oh, oh no, it wouldn't work between me and this person," you know, sort of romantically because yeah. I'm a such and such and they're a such and such. And you're like, okay, that's a that's an insane position to take. <laughs> Do like, you know what that's called? If, if you're using what? It's called zodiac shaming. Is it's it? Like, I, I'm not going to be your friend because, or, or I'm not going to go out with you because you're you're a Pisces. That's sort of amazing, isn't it? I mean, uh, the only way I can understand that is that you're using it as a tool, as a sort of an excuse. Like you don't want to give the real reason, so you just have another reason to offer. <laughs> yeah. You go, no, absolutely. I'd love to go on another date with you, but 
Yeah, but you're, you're a, a you're, 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 you're a Capricorn or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I I I find it all sort of amusing, but fairly harmless. I think. Yeah. Hello, gorgeous, wonderful starseeds. Now, I have noticed when I've been working with clients recently that a lot of people's solar plexus has been really wobbly at this moment in time. And we have the Venus star changing sign and it's going into Libra. This is a really huge shift. It's a paradigm shift, as I put here, and it really is a once in a lifetime event. We all know someone who thinks there's something to astrology. Maybe they consult an astrologer to decide whether they should continue a romantic relationship or use their horoscope to time handing in their notice at work. Some just enjoy explaining world events by saying things like, Mercury's in retrograde. What do you expect world leaders to do? It's easy to see it as willful idiocy. But is there good reason to take astrology seriously? Eclipses are always powerful, they're always intense. This is a particularly powerful eclipse that is going to resonate not only for six months after, but also through 2024, because Pluto, in its transit back to the end of Capricorn, is going to keep on aspecting and triggering it. It's going to keep squaring it. So re-energizing, reactivating what this eclipse is about. Newspaper articles are telling us that astrology has been enjoying a renaissance in recent years. Are people getting more stupid, or is there something deeper at work? That's why this week we're asking, why does anyone still believe in astrology? Venus rules Libra. Cancer and Virgo, it's your turn. Let's talk about what happens. Today we're going to discuss the nail on the head. It rings true and holds water. It's usually because we can trace it to something in the astrological symbolism. So expert-wise, I mean... We've got me. <laughs> is this... I well, mean, I literally, I wrote a book about a Renaissance astrologer. So I looked into a lot of this stuff. Um, I've had experiences with astrologers, mm-hmm. uh, some of which I can't explain. Right, okay. And and so I sort of feel like I can talk about this with quite a lot, a lot of, of understanding yeah, and experience. Okay. Well, you uh, famously had the number one book in the Amazon astrology charts I did, uh, yep. for a while. Called the Quantum Astrologer's Handbook. Nothing to do with astrology, really. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind it, though. Yeah. So, okay, fine. Fine, yes. You, you'll be the expert. I don't know. Where do you want to start? Well, all right. So let me tell you about Vishal, my astrologer. So for something I was doing for a radio show, mm-hmm. I had a meeting with two astrologers, actually. Yeah. And uh, just to like see what it was like. So this one guy, it was an Indian guy called Vishal, mm. who came in to the studio with his laptop, which had all his astrological charts in. And he asked me his, um, he asked me for my date of birth and my place of birth. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he put that into his charts and he came out and he said, tell me about something that's been happening in your life recently. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I've just bought a secondhand car, actually. Can you tell me anything about that? Mm-hmm. And he had a look at his chart. And he said, I can't tell you anything about the car, but I can tell you that I see two cars in your future. Or, you know, this thing is telling me there's something about two cars. And I was like, well, what does that mean? I bought a dud and I'm going to have to buy another one. He said, I don't know. All I've got from the chart is I've got two cars. I'm like, okay, fine. Mm. Two weeks later, mm. my car goes in for its MOT, the one I just bought. Mm-hmm. The guy from the garage phones me up and says, you've got to get your money back for this car because it's got a massively corroded chassis and the MOT certificate was forged. Mm. 
and uh, you've got to get your money back. You've got to buy another car. So there's two cars. And I'm like, oh, Vishal, what have you done here? Mm. And I'm genuinely at this point sort of thinking, mustn't rule out the fact that there's, there's something in this. <laughs> I've got to correct you there. Must rule out. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Chris French. You know Chris French? Yeah, he, yeah, We yeah, had yeah. Uh, on the ghost episode. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was talking to him about it. And he was like, yeah, but he will have said lots of things to you that were not true. It didn't pan out to anything. He's just sort of casting around in the dark. He said two cars to you and you've projected everything onto that. And, yeah. and that's the thing that's stuck. So it's, there's nothing to it. But my brain still isn't quite convinced about that. And even though I know that there is no mechanism for astrology to work, right? Mm. I know that the only thing, you know, that even if his laptop, his algorithm can tell, you know, what planets were where at the time of my birth, and, and I was born in Manchester, mm. and, you know, therefore, you know, somehow working out the, you know, the influence of, of these planets where they were mm. on Manchester. I know that's ridiculous. That they, they have gravitational interactions and they have electromagnetic interactions and there's nothing else. There's no other influence that they have. Mm -hmm. I know that's true. Mm. So I know all the intellectual stuff about it. And yet my brain, there's still a part of my brain that's like, yeah, but. Then if that happens to me, that must happen to a lot of people. But just sort of, you know, if you really think it through, like what would the implication be yeah, if he yeah, was able yeah. to say two cars? So he's able to peer into the future on the evidence of when you were born yeah. and one piece of information you've given him. And that is clearly impossible. Well, you say that. I do. I do say that. Yes, but I had, it is. So, so I had an email very recently from a guy um, uh, who'd read the Quantum Astrologer's Handbook and want, wanted to come back to me about some things I said in it. Uh, he said, Dear Dr. Brooks, I am a scientist. I graduated from the US Naval Academy with a degree in mathematics. I was trained as a nuclear engineer in the Naval Nuclear Power Program and qualified on both the General Electric S3G and Westinghouse 5SW submarine pressurized water reactors. Like, so what he's saying is, I have good scientific, scientific credentials. engineering yeah. credentials. Mm -hmm. I'm a rational mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. He says, I have been drawing astrological charts for more than 50 years. I have observed planetary influences on humans. I am compelled to believe what I can see with my own eyes. The only way to be convinced that astrological influences exist is to see them yourself. I can provide you with a program which will draw the charts. It will be free for you to use. And? Well, I got back to him and said, okay, hit me with it and yeah. I haven't heard back from him since. <laughs> no. But what he went on to say he, he was... He didn't want to get called on that. Yeah, what he went on to say was that Einstein's theory says that space and time is all like the block universe. Have you heard of that? So so all of space and time already exists and we just move through it. Yeah, yeah, So he yeah, sort of says yeah. it's not like about reading the future. It's about having a connection to the future that already exists and uh, and influences sort of permeate mm. through space and time that way. Mm. So, so for him, he can kind of rationalise it with physics, if you like. But for me, sort of. obviously, that doesn't hold water because you can't, you can't take, you can take that sort of general hand wavy thing, but there's no way you can get information from that future. You can't get information from the future. No. That's, that goes against every principle of physics, basically. So, and, and, and also there's like, a, there's part of me. So with your two car example, yeah. where I'm like, why can't you tell me more than two cars? Yeah, I know. It's it's so frustratingly vague, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Give me a bit more on two cars. Yeah, and I said, give I me a bit I, more, and you said, I, I haven't got anything else. Why not? 
Because well, you're making it up. All the charts <laughs> yeah. are telling him. Because you try, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Charts aren't telling him jack shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> just gone. I can't say anymore because it's got to be vague enough that if something does happen with another car, you think I've nailed it. They absolutely rely on that vagueness, don't they? Of course, yeah. You know. And Chris French is exactly right. Like, what other stuff did he say to you? Well, of course, I don't remember of any course of the other you don't. stuff. Yeah, of course you don't. But we love narratives and, yeah, yeah. and sort of. Like it, it almost, it's seductive. I, I yeah. do get that it's seductive. And we all are susceptible to confirmation bias. And this is just a version of confirmation the bias. The thing that really interests me is how susceptible I am to it. Yeah. And I'm not really sort of into the woo or any kind of cosmic principles or anything mm. like that. I just sort of know there's like, it's like there's a part of my brain that, that, says, oh, that's interesting. And the other part, everything else in my brain is like, yeah. no, stop it. But, but I do it, have to but, tell myself that. Yeah, but it's fine to th say that's that's interesting because it sort of is. Yeah. As long as you quickly are like, oh, but it doesn't mean You anything. shut it down. You have yeah. to shut You're it like, down. Obviously it's not, and people yeah. don't shut it down, do they? N because no, they don't no. want to. But, you know, uh, which I, I, do, I, I do have some sympathy for. I, I can see that it's sort of... Um, quite a fun way to live to imagine that there's there's a sort of exactly. bit more going on yeah yeah um and it's not all just kind of random i i wish i mean i wish it were more interesting the world were more interesting in that way yeah yeah, yeah. it's like I, yeah. I did a talk recently and somebody came up to me afterwards and said oh but you know so so the quantum entanglement obviously explains how you know how it is that twins can f intuit each other's feelings and know when the other <laughs> one's in pain <laughs> I hope you just said, yeah. <laughs> and then they said something like, oh, you know, I've read lots of stuff and we know, don't we, about how the universe is interconnected and like, you know, that's why star science work and all this kind of stuff. So she was lumping all of this together. Mm. And I said, to be honest, there's no evidence that, that twins know when each other is in pain uh, or, you know, know what each other's thinking. There's no evidence for that whatsoever. No. Um, but wouldn't it be a much more interesting world if, if they did? You know, and, and that's the world that she wants to live in. And I'm almost like... Which I, which I get. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I said to her, I'm kind of jealous of you because I think the world in which you live is much sort of richer and more interesting than the world in which I live, where, where nothing magic happens. So let's, let's get into what, I suppose, actually, like what astrology is. Because I think I, I, I'm always surprised when uh, people close to me discuss it. And it is not just you're a Taurus. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, you've got all of these, these other sort of factors, like, I can't even, I don't, I don't even know the language of it, but you'd immediately recognise it, be like, oh yeah, like this was in, you know, regression, or this was like, what's yeah, your, yeah. But like moon signs, is that something like all this kind of, I don't know, but I mean, you know, so you get that components. kind of, you know, retrograde yeah. and, and these yeah. planets are aligned, so there's a, there's kind of some auspicious thing happening. Yeah. And, and so, Astrology, as we sort of think of it a lot of the time, which is just like the 12 birth signs. Yeah. That's a really recent invention. So so that, that the Sunday Express came up with that in 1930. <laughs> so, I mean, amazingly. So so the idea that that was linked to personalities mm -hmm. and you can have, you know, if you're a Libra, you're like this. And if you're a Taurus, you're like this. Mm. Um, the, Princess Margaret was born. The editor of the Express knew somebody who, who did astrology and said, oh, you know, wouldn't it be fun to kind of say, oh, Princess Margaret's going to be like this because, you know, she's 
um, you know, she's born at this particular time of year, and they ran it, and people loved it, yeah. and so so they just demanded more. And then the guy who did it eventually sort of decided to lay out the whole idea that oh, you know, when you're born, you know, in the year. That, that gives you a certain kind of thing. So he, he basically created that sort of tablet of, of, you know, if you're born in May, you know, you'll have this kind of personality. And so just created it, you know, literally in the 1930s. It was like, and that's become our sort of go-to thing. So loads of the newspapers run these kinds yeah. of things. But this... You know, the more I can't pro- believe someone just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for money! Oh, unbelievable! Um, but you know, people have been doing much more complicated stuff in the yeah, past. Yeah, what, what's your guy doing? So Jerome um, Cardano, who I wrote about, I mean, he was an astrologer in the 16th century in in Milan. Um, he was he was sort of really sceptical about it. But he, so he was trained as an astrologer. It's one of the things he learned during his like education. And he was like, oh, I don't know how this can work because, you know, the sun's a long way away. Yeah. And, you know, we can't even actually get the weather right, like down the road. You know, yeah. in, 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 you know I can't tell you what the weather's going to be like 30 miles down the road. How are we seeing the, you know, the sun or the planets having this influence? Mm-hmm. But he sort of stuck with it. And he learned astronomy because of it because he wanted to do better predictions. So he literally, right. and he wrote a book about um, about astrology, astrology and astrological predictions. But alongside it he taught people how to look up at the sky and say you know these are the constellations this is how they move so he did a lot of astronomy work sort of because of it and actually it went on to to motivate him to learn maths because he wanted to do solve the algebraic equations that you know described how these things moved around the heavens so so quite like neatly tied in but it was complicated you looked at a lot of different stuff it wasn't just like when you were born Mm. but even so, at that time, and you know, in Roman times and Greek times, people were cynical about astrology right from the start. So amazing sort of things where um, there's Roman philosophers who are like saying, "Yeah, but twins have like completely different outcomes in their lives. So, so how is anybody believing that like being born at the same time in the same place means you'll have the same kind of life?" So you know, so you get that in like you know, and then there's a, a classic from a philosopher called Cicero who basically said, yeah, when those 70,000 Romans were massacred by Hannibal all on the same day, did they all have the same horoscope? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, so there's that cynicism has been there right from the start, you know, mm. the, the kind of ability to switch your brain on and think. And there's like, there's a great uh, conversation I came across between, there's a, there's a poet in the 14th century, I can't remember, somewhere in Italy. He's having a conversation with somebody else who works at the same court for the same, like, lord. Mm. And the poet has to do astrology on the side so that the, the, their, you know, patron can do, make military decisions about, you know, where to go to war and how many soldiers to take into battle and uh, uh his um his fellow like servant is like you don't believe any of this do you <laughs> he's, all, and he's like no but we've got to just like you know how else how else are we going to make a living i've got to stand when i do the poetry but it's not really paying, <laughs> it's not really so, paying. Yeah. exactly <laughs> so you get this you know this is all the way through history people have been cynical and, and it's not just because science came along no it's actually it's just rational thought isn't it? yeah that, that's all it is So, you know, but none of this has made it go away, is the point. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Has it sort of got more, in quotation marks, sophisticated? Like when you're... When your man, when Mr. Two Cars comes along with his laptop and he's got his charts, like, what are those charts? Like, what? So people make, like, they, they program in movements of the heavens and sort of relative positions of the planets. I've never gone into, like, the algorithms and everything. But presumably... I'm genuinely wondering, like, what, like when people sort of are going down that chart, where he's getting two cars from? Like, <laughs> or where, oh, sorry, where he's purporting to get two I don't, cars uh, from? Yeah, I don't know. Because he had to ask me, obviously, what was going on in my life, and I mentioned something, and he reflects that back at me. So there's not going to be something in the program about two cars. There'll probably be something about abundance or doubled abundance or something like that, I think. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's going to be anything sort of more complicated than that. No. And, and, and when you test this stuff, like, so, so in 1985, there was a study published in Nature that was a test of, a double blind test of astrology. It basically gave um, a load of psychological assessments of people and their star charts. And, and you got astrologers to look at the, um, the star charts and make predictions and see if they matched up with the psychological can I, assessments. Can I have a guess? Go on. Didn't match up at all? Didn't match up at all. I say that. It was no better than chance. Yeah, well, yes. So, so, you know, that that basically tells you that if you set the criteria according to any kind of scientific Mm. sort of thing where you're like, okay, you 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 say you can match a personality to a particular time and place of birth, you can't. You just can't do it. It just doesn't work. And what do the astrologers, because typically they will come up with excuses or well so to be kind explanations of why they haven't been able to in this instance i've no idea what they said in this instance because what can you say it's like oh we didn't do it. you know it's like we didn't have the right information it's like yeah. you pre-agreed like what information you needed yeah 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 but they will there the will have been there something probably will have been mm. there's a there was a book came out recently by a guy called alexander boxer who's a like a computer scientist but it was really interesting in astrology he wrote this book called the scheme of heaven and um he like took like loads and loads of data to see whether he could like map um, when astrologers like would make predictions like oh this isn't a good day to travel mm. against like all the U.S. road traffic accidents data mm-hmm. and, like, and he said of course there's no correlation you know, he mm-hmm. tried really hard to find like, correlations between yeah. that kind of thing and, and like he said there's just nothing um, and uh, and he also did it uh, with Renaissance investment advice against the Dow Jones index again nothing mm. but. His attitude to it, which I think is a, is a really good one, is that, of course, in the sort of pre-scientific days, you had to find sort of... Tr- you had to try and make sense of, yeah. of everything. And, well, you're looking and for meaning, aren't you? You're looking for and, patterns. And and patterns. He, he, he like, describes yeah. it as early yeah. AI, effectively. It's like you've got all this astronomical data, 
oh, and you're mining it for patterns. <laughs> yeah. So, well, two things. A, you're really bad at, at doing that pattern recognition, and B, you're looking at totally the wrong uh, data set. It's not going to tell you anything. Well, if you're looking at astro astronomical data, like stuff that cycles, yeah. repeats, and then trying to put that against like events that happen on Earth, yeah. you will find some correlations, won't you? I mean, you'll find accidental sort of significance, effectively. Yeah, yes, yeah. I don't. You won't find correlations. You'll you'll see occasional overlaps, won't you? Yeah, you go, yeah. Oh, well, but that's no it. But if I mean, you're if you're like yeah. a Renaissance astrologer who's doing this, mm. you're like, okay, I'll take that. And, and and so when those two things are together, you know, there's a battle here, and it turns out badly for for this side. Yeah. yeah. And you just make a kind of inference, and then you you sort of move on to the next thing. And so you just generalize from from all these things. I mean, you know, mm. th there's lots of stuff where they made generalizations when they hadn't even had two astronomical events happen in recorded history, but they... It's really the same thing sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, anecdotal-based yeah, stuff, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, So, but, but that is sort of like proto-science. Oh, how many data points you got for that? Well, it's just, uh, it's actually, it's just the one in the end. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in it, though. Yeah, so, so there, it doesn't really bear much scrutiny. But at the same time, it sort of makes sense to look into it because you sort of think, oh, there's something there that maybe I should look into because they didn't know, like, there weren't influences. Uh, they didn't know about electromagnetism. They didn't know about gravitation even. Completely agree. But then we're way past that. Like, we, we are way we, past we that. We know categorically that there is nothing in any of this. <laughs> we do. And yet... <laughs> we do. You and yeah. I do. No, but I mean, I, I sort of... And society in general yeah. would say, yes, science has shown that yeah. there is gravity and there is electromagnetic. But, but lots of people but would say, but there's, there's, there's loads of stuff that we there's don't stuff understand. stuff that science can't explain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they leave room for it. Mm. Shall I tell you where there is influence in, in the year? The mental, mental health. Oh, so go on. If, if you are born in April, May or June, yeah. um, which is in the Northern Hemisphere, that's late spring and early summer, yeah you have a 17% more chance of uh, uh, killing yourself. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, so amazing. A, a study of more than, than 25,000 suicides in England and Wales found 17% yeah. elevation if you're born in April, May or June, which is you and me. Oh, God. Why? Uh, uh, well, so that, that's quite interesting, isn't it? So, so then you say, okay, is, is that really to do with the time of year? So then they looked at like the southern. It's because I'm a Taurus, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Typical Taurus. Um, and then they, so they looked um, uh, at the southern hemisphere and found that you know the correlation is the same, but, but different, yeah, different the, months the, of in the year. spring. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and uh, yeah. So I mean, it's basically to do with uh, the times of year in which you're gestating in the womb mm. and the hormonal influences and the kind of... Um, so you get an increased risk of schizophrenia with a winter birthday. What? Which is actually even... Um, it's higher. It's twice the increase in risk that's linked to having a parent or sibling with schizophrenia. I mean, that's amazing. But how is this... What's the mechanism here? Sorry, I don't quite understand what you said. There's so the mechanism is that there... Obviously, there's genetic pathways for, for a lot of mental yeah, illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, they're also um, augmented or, or triggered by certain hormonal pathways. Sort of environmental. And environmental yeah, things. okay. And, and when you're in the womb, yeah. at certain times of year, the mother has certain um, 
things that, like if you to do with vitamin D. You know, you, some, oh, okay, some months okay. of the year you get yeah, vitamin yeah, D, yeah, some, yeah, some you yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. So there are the changes in the hormonal environment. So a bit of like very, season, very sort like of seasonal vague. affective disorder. Yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so if you if if mum is feeling a bit miserable when you're in the womb, well, I mean it's not quite oh, as reductive. No, as that, no, no, but, I know, yeah, I know, but yeah, um, amazingly, anorexia as well. So so there's a correlation which is sort of ridiculous. But if you're born um, in the northern hemisphere mm-hmm. um, with and you have anorexia, you're more likely to have been born in April and June than in other months. And basically, this is linked to the idea of fertility, because if you're anorexic, it's likely that your mother, or more likely your mother, might have had anorexia. Right. Which means that her fertility actually is compromised. And there's only certain months of the year where it's warm enough and her body's not sort of conserving energy resources, where she actually becomes fertile. This is the thinking of it. So, so oh, you're... Right, so, so, so you're, and it would have been like a summer... So you'll be a summer conception. Therefore, you know, it results in, in uh, or a late summer conception uh, that results in um, you being born in, in June. So hold on. Are we going to draw up a whole new astrological chart based on this stuff? I don't <laughs> no, think people, we are not. I don't think people will like it. No, I don't think they will. Yeah. <laughs> and, th- and that one was correlated with like Southern Hemisphere. Uh, the yeah, okay, there, yeah, there. Yeah. And then they looked at Singapore where the temperature is 25 degrees all the way around. Literally no, no effect at all. So, so there's, those kinds of seasonal variations mm. are just to do with sort of hormonal changes um, in, in pregnancy, which is, no, I, I think, pretty that's amazing. Really, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. But, um, Doesn't but, really tend to feature in horoscopes. <laughs> tends not to. So, yeah, so, you, you know, that is not the same as, you know, you're a Leo, so I can't go out with you. No. Kind of thing. No. But, um, but I like that. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, you know we... We sort of know that there are interesting things to look at in patterns and you can recognise patterns and you can try and come up with explanations. Coming up with astrological ones isn't great. Now, let's deal with this apparent increase in in popularity of astrology because you definitely see articles... It's not just that. me, right? You, you see, no, 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 no. Yeah. I've definitely seen it. Yeah, that yeah, people are sort of turning to astrology more. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I looked into this as part of my research, and what I found was it ain't true. <laughs> That's sort of the tagline of this episode, isn't it? <laughs> astrology. It so ain't amazingly, true. <laughs> amazingly. So you know, I read one article which said, according to Google Trends, online interest in the UK in both wellness and horoscopes has doubled since 2010. Uh-huh. I was like, that's a big claim. So I went to Google Trends and I put in horoscope mm-hmm. and I put in horoscopes and I put in astrology. And it's there was maybe a slight rise in the sort of 2011, 2012, but nothing major. There was actually weirdly a, a, quite a spike in uh, January 2011. I don't know what happened then. A, a spike in searches for astrology and horoscope, but not a big spike. And basically it's flat. It's flat. And, and in 2010, no, 2004, which is when Google's thing started, it's basically the same level as now in terms of the number of people who search these things. So what's happening is it's a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, somebody's Presumably, writing an article saying, yeah. oh, astrology is really popular now. Uh, why is that? You know, and it turns out that it's, it's basically Instagram because you can, be, you can get more visibility on social media. And, and so it looks like astrology is more popular, but it is not. There's no, there's no evidence that it's more popular at all. So, so are, are the articles uh, deliberately misinterpreting 
this data or is it I, mean, I think I, I think there's a there's a sense of I want to write about this. Yeah, and I, I I've heard that there's a kind of increase mm. in um, in interest in this, especially like young younger millennials. You know, is often the phrase that, that gets used mm. in this. It's like oh, you know, younger millennials are are all turning to astrology, and yeah. I just don't know. And you, and you can the thing is you can you can I mean you see it so much in articles, particularly online articles in certain publications. I think where whatever argument you want to make, you can support it with, uh, you know, a few, effectively like a few social media posts. You yeah, go, yeah. People were outraged by X and here's yeah. five tweets. Yeah. And you could equally write the, the polar opposite article. People absolutely loved this thing and then support it with a, a different yeah. five tweets. Yeah, it's a, and, and it's a whole it's new kind of journalism, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's just meaningless. Yeah. And, and so, and we're seeing this as well with like Instagram posts. So if there's like five Instagram accounts now that are doing quite well with astrology, all of a sudden mm. that's like, oh, you know, astrology is making a big comeback. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, but also no... you're like, what are you measuring it against? Yeah. What's your, what's your baseline? Yeah. It, what? In the pre-Instagram? Era? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Before Instagram existed, there were virtually no Instagram astrology accounts. <laughs> <laughs> and now... There are loads. So I, I think it's really yeah. interesting. But when, when you look into what is actually happening, and at least now we have kind of, you know, some records of what, what people are doing with this kind of thing because it's on social media, it's a way of overcoming decision fatigue. So that's yeah, why yeah, that's yeah. why people are using it. That's why you know, anyone who's engaging with it, like like our friends who are doing their dating by, you yeah. know, by tarot or by yeah. astrology, we we do. I, mean, I found one source that said we we make between two thousand five hundred and ten thousand decisions a day. I mean, the, that's a that's a huge window, by the way. Yeah. That's a really <laughs> terrible fact. <laughs> I just want to make it clear yeah. that I'm I'm as guilty as anybody else. But yeah. you know, we make a lot of decisions a day. You know, am I going to have a coffee? What sort of coffee am I going to have? Am I willing to pay that much for a coffee? Mm. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, obviously, you know, that's tiring. It's sort of too much. Right. And anytime, Spending a lot of mental energy, I guess. Yeah, and, and yeah. so anytime you can sort of say, oh, actually, you know, I, I, I don't you just need to think, make I mean, decision. you're outsourcing. You're, you're just outsourcing, outsourcing stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and also, there is something incredible, as you said, there's something seductive about pattern spotting. Yeah. Like, it's nice imagining yeah. that you've seen patterns and stuff. It's sort of feels like you get a little thrill from it almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and making decisions is quite boring and sometimes quite stressful. And we don't and make rather... rational decisions anyway. So that that's no, the thing that no. people, you know, the, the researchers who look into this, they find that we use a thing called satisficing, which is like it satisfies and it's sufficient, the information that we've got, fine, I'll, you know. And so we yeah, use yeah, what's yeah, called yeah, heuristics yeah. in that we sort of approximate, based on what we've done in the past, based on what decisions have worked out in the past, based on the information we've got, we sort of, you know, ballpark it and we're like, I'll go for that. Yeah. So we don't make good rational decisions anyway. No, so therefore, why so not astrology just, why is why like not just turn to a horoscope? Yeah, exactly. And that's what people are doing. And, and, and there's firms that are doing it as well. There's, there's like literally people running businesses saying, we've got to make some decisions about next year. Let's get the tarot cards out or let's do, let's do everyone's horoscopes. And they use it as a way of, they might think they're taking it seriously, but they're just using it as a way of, of priming a brain, brainstorming. Tell you what, I mean, I imagine it's a really, really difficult um study to do but i would love to see a study that could sort of tell you whether so what you want to do is you want to compare people just 
going through their their day-to-day life making their decisions as they normally do then some people who effectively you just say you're just going to roll a dice so you're just going to make decisions at yeah, random yeah. and then some people using tarot or horoscopes or whatever or, or guidance from an astrologer and then try and work out whether there's any difference overall in outcomes my suspicion is possibly not no no I because think it's might... a way of just priming your subconscious yeah. isn't it it's like yeah. if you read a horoscope in the morning and then you have to face face a certain decision during mm. the day your subconscious will be primed by what you've read to kind of maybe go in a certain way and that makes you feel like you know okay i think this is the right thing mm. to do and and then you know it's it's a heuristic it's a kind of it's a way of just sort of saying I'm going to go with my gut, really. Yeah. But you justify it by saying, well, you know, the horoscope says this, so we should, yeah. you know, we should go this way. Or t- and tarot is used exactly in the same way, I think. And yeah. the, I'm mean, the most famous, I mean, people wring their hands about this, right? But, and the most famous cases is like Nancy Reagan was a big astrology buff. Mm. She loved astrology. And there's lots of people saying, oh, you know, sort of influence national policy decisions. And she and, Ra- and Ronald Reagan say it never did, or they said it never did. But we did make like decisions on timings of press conferences and stuff on the basis of like, you know, what the astrologer said. So that they had a, you know, I think the inauguration was going to be like at 12, 10 in the afternoon, just afternoon, because like an astrologer said that was the best, most auspicious time to do it. That's not harming anyone, is it? No. Really? No. I mean, I probably wouldn't publicly say that's what I'd done. I'd just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, and Reagan never gave out his place of birth. So that nobody could, like, you know, do his chart, basically, and, and make some <laughs> predictions. Because uh, Nancy was obsessed by the idea that, that um, he was going to get assassinated yeah. and that she could use astrology to avoid that happening. So, because I think she consulted so, with astrology. Without astrology, th- do you think the bullet would have killed him? <laughs> <laughs> well, he had a pack of tarot cards yeah. in his pocket. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, people So there was an Australian um, insurance company that advertised uh, for jobs and said that they would only have Capricorn, Taurus, Aquarius or Aries or Leo. If you had any other star sign, you weren't you weren't going to be um, employed. And like, people went up in arms about this, obviously, because of the yeah, employment yeah. law. And, yeah, yeah. and they said, well, we've done a statistical na- analysis of our best workers. And those are the star signs that they come from. So that's what we're going to do. That's amazing because that's really. There's several, so many levels like, to that. Yeah, aren't there? there are because an insurance company, their their whole thing is sort of dealing it's, it's with data. probabilities <laughs> and data. And you're like, what the fuck are you playing at? <laughs> I sort of quite like it. I quite like it because it feels like maybe it's sort of a, a joke on their part, and they're just yeah. like, and they're just really going with it. Yeah. To wind people up and get loads of free publicity. That's. I mean, I wonder. I I think it gave them quite a lot of grief. To be honest, because no, I think they got they yeah. got sort of taken to court over whether <laughs> yeah. that was yeah. whether that was okay. Um, but you know, well, it's definitely it, not okay. Well, it sort of is okay. But then, it? It, but but <laughs> in no way am I suggesting that your star sign should be a protected characteristic. <laughs> <laughs> but I've read about like uh, I think it might have been M and S. Some executive had to like you know they had a job that they advertised. They had like a thousand people apply for it. And they printed out all of the applications, threw them down the stairs, and only looked at the ones that landed face up. Ah, now. I don't know if that's apocryphal, but people have to make decisions somehow. Yeah, so there's a, um, there's a really good 
book by um, uh, a Harvard, I think it's a Harvard uh, philosopher, political philosopher, guy called um, Michael Sandel called The Tyranny of Merit. And, uh, and and it's all to do with sort of why meritocracy is, is flawed. And quite a lot of it is about um, the American college system and the admissions and how much is placed on that and the, and the industry around it and the problems surrounding it, which are kind of quite well documented. And, and he was saying that genuinely in terms of the, the applications that they get, if you did that, just if you're trying to think of a way of getting rid of all of these sort of awful biases and stuff, and you literally just go, okay, I'm chucking these down the stairs and yeah. the ones are that. He'd like, your, your intake is not going to be any, any worse than the one that you get through pouring over it for, for yeah. hours and hours yeah. and hours. Yeah. Because you've already got a certain level of candidate. Yeah. Um, so that that's just as yeah. good a way of doing it, and probably a better way. So consulting an astrologer, if you've got a big decision yeah, to make, yeah, it's probably like, yeah, quite fine. helpful. Just fine, yeah. It's not, not going to do any harm, probably. And, you know, I read a thing about, you know, somebody said they, they were going to let a flat, and then the last question they asked the person who was going to rent this flat was, what's your star sign? And they said Pisces, and they said, oh, sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I can't have it. And I think, like, if you're sifting, like, through lots of applicants, it's yeah. just, like, another way of doing it, isn't it? Yeah. And I remember when I was selling the house we lived in before, I had somebody come around and, like, look around it. And um, and she, I, I asked her in the end what she did for a living. And she said she was a life coach. And I pretty much said, get out. <laughs> <laughs> And that, and that really is no different, is it? Yeah. And I think life coach versus astrologer, I, I'm not sure there's a huge amount of difference, is there? Um, well, get in touch with a show if you're a life coach <laughs> yeah. or an astrologer. <laughs> I genuinely think, you know, there, it's a subconscious way of filtering stuff out. And if yeah. somebody's a life coach, for me, it means, oh, right, okay, well, you know, you're probably just like full of full of weak advice that really won't make any difference to anybody. Okay, so so uh, let's, yeah. Let's summarise this then. I think the reason that... Uh, so there's not an increase in popularity in no. but the reason that it, it still maintains a level of popularity, and it really does, yeah. is fundamentally that people need to make lots of decisions, and it's quite nice to make decisions where if they, if they don't go right, you can blame something else anyway. Yeah. And it sort of slightly takes the agency out of your hands, yeah. takes the pressure off. Um, and, and also, it's probably not in the end going to be a terrible way of doing it because you've got to, yeah, there's a lot of sifting to do in life and there's a lot of decisions to make. And Why not outsource you're probably some not, of them? You're probably not that good at making decisions anyway, yeah. rationally. Yeah. Therefore, just pick another irrational method yeah. and get on with it. Actually makes sense. Okay, I'm a convert. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check what my characteristics should be. Uh, what are you? I'm a Taurus. Yeah, me too. Well, I that's don't, no I surprise, don't know what that, is it? But I, I don't know. I don't know what that... Um, well, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Because some no, no, bloke in 1930 what... made it up for the Sunday Express. Yes, but what did that guy say? Like, <laughs> Does it matter? What, what, do the, what do the people who believe in it, what do they what think What do you that think a Taurus is like? Well, n- well nothing. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything. But I'm interested to know what the perception of the of that community is of Tauruses. Well, I mean, if you and I are both sort of scientific, minded, hard headed people, maybe that's stubborn. We're stubborn and rational, St- yeah. and not not prone to emotional outbursts. Yeah. 
If you, I mean, I, I genuinely would like all of our listeners to to tell us what star signs they are, and we'll see if we can find any statistics in it. It'd be amazing to find a pattern. Yeah, like if everyone was a Taurus. Now imagine that. You'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> there is something in this. I'd have to go back to the Sunday Express. Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us as always on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.